This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Hey, hey, kicking lifers, how we doing out there? Your kicking life guru, Master Rich Grogan here. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Well, what's new? There's all kinds of things new. Every day's new, and that's kind of the way you got to look at it. You know, I'll start off with a quick little story, as I always seem to do, and hopefully you like the stories. And I think you do because our subscription, our membership numbers, people are subscribing, easy for me to say, continue to rise there. So please continue to share this podcast, ask others to subscribe to it because we're all collectively working together to live our best kick in life. And by doing that, we're going to make society a happier, healthier and safer place to live. That's kind of our mission at the Academy. We want to inspire people to believe in themselves and to respect others to make our society a happier, healthier and safer place to live. And wouldn't that be a great society? I mean, think about that. Wouldn't it be better instead of people, you know, bitching all the time, moaning all the time, oh, the world's so bad, moaning, just sucking the life out of you? And I read a passage the other day, and it said, you know, some people can take, even on your worst days, some people can make you feel worse than you already do. Wow. (laughs) I know that's a big right hook, isn't it? So you're feeling bad, and some people come in and make you feel even worse. Well, unfortunately, you know, it's all about how you perceive things. And you've heard me talk about this before. It's a picture I've posted numerous times on my Facebook page, and it's two people sitting on a bus, and they're driving along, one person on the right, and they're looking out the window, and what do they see? Sunshine, clouds, birds chirping. It's a beautiful day. They're smiling. They're feeling great. person on the other side of the bus looking out the window, all they see is rain, gloom, clouds, thunder, depression, and they're sitting there like, bleh. And you know what? Is it really raining on one side and sunny on the other? I guess maybe it could be. But the big topic I'm going to talk about today is what you plant in your mind is what you're going to get in return. So what you plant is what you're going to get. So I'll tease you a little bit on that, and we're going to move back forward to that in just a second. But anyway, so every day do I wake up and I think the world's all sunshine and rainbows? Well, you know I don't. (laughs) You know I don't. I love the Rocky quote when he says, hey, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It can be a big, mean, ugly, nasty place, and it can beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. Yeah, and that's what the world is. But here's the thing. You make the choice. Unfortunately, most people, we react, well, we all react to the 10% that happens to us. But the way we choose to react determines the 90% of our life. So in other words, bad things happen. Yeah, they happen to everybody. They happen to good people. They happen to bad people. Sometimes we don't think they happen enough to bad people. But you know what? That's not for us to say. However, it's how you react to those things that determines it. So an example, and I gave, uh, did a podcast not too long ago or a video blog. I was driving along, and uh, there was a lady behind me in the car. And every red light, she was freaking out, boy. I mean, throwing her arms in the air and having a tissy fit and a temper tantrum. And just, I mean, she was going berserk back there. And, of course, I'm thinking, my gosh, what the heck is going on? 
But then, to be honest, I got to thinking, holy cow, how many times have I looked like that? Like a complete idiot. Like you can control the stoplights. Like you can control traffic. There are certain things you can control and certain things you can't. So to get upset about things you can't control, wow, I mean, come on. And I tell you that because I've done that. I've thought that way. I'm sure I've been far worse than, than her and look like a bigger idiot. But just seeing her do that, I was like, oh, my gosh, how bad have I looked doing that? Now, here's a tip on that. Yes, there's so many stressors in the world, so many stressors in life. Leave a little bit earlier so you can eliminate at least one of those stressors, and that's traffic and the red lights. And, you know, the law of attraction, if you're running late, guess what you're going to get? Every single red light, every single slow person in front of you, it's just the way it is. And, of course, if you're running early, well, it's all green lights, and you think, my gosh, you know what? If, if I was running late, I'd be having all red lights. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's what you'd be having. So it's how we react to the things that happen is what determines our life. Yeah, we know that. I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know, but I'm going to hit you with a couple right hooks of reality to wake you up a little bit. So if you've ever been like that lady I'm talking about, having a temper tantrum because uh, every red light and every person in front of her is going slow and then, you know, people in the crosswalk are walking along slow. Holy cow! You know what? It's not worth getting upset about. There's nothing you can do about it. But what happens is you're frustrated there. How do you think the rest of her day went? Now, I don't know. Obviously, I didn't follow her around and, and go to her place of employment. Say, hey, I saw you were having a temper tantrum back there. How's your day going? Just just checking in. Obviously, we probably know how the day went from then on. Reminds me of a story uh, Zig Ziglar <laughs> used to tell all the time uh, during his speeches and seminars and conferences about how uh, a sales executive comes into the office of his boss, and his boss was running behind, had a flat tire, had a horrible news report on the radio, so he's all ticked off. Well, the salesman comes into the uh, manager's office there, and the manager's having a bad day, so what's he do? He attacks the salesman. Sales are down. Figures are low. We're not going to make our quotas. We're going to go out of business. It's going to be your fault. You need to get your butt in gear and just totally reams the salesman out. So what's the salesman do? The salesman walks out of the office and he thinks, I don't know what his problem is. If it wasn't for me here, this business wouldn't survive. I do all this extra work and I bring all this extra revenue in and he's got the nerve to get on me. If I just left, then man, this business would crumble. So what's the salesman do? He goes in and he attacks his secretary. <laughs> you need to start doing a better job of following up on leads. You need to start doing a better job of getting a return on, on these clients. And you need to start doing a better job of making sure that all my papers are here so I'm not late on turning in my quotas and la da 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 And he's just reaming her butt out. So what does she do? She thinks, oh, if it wasn't for him or if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have his reports on a daily basis. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have any leads. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have any returns. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't even be able to make it. And uh, he would be out of a job because I do all the legwork for him. So now you see the trickle effect. The secretary is all ticked off. What does she do? She goes home mad at, uh, mad at the salesman that got onto her. When she gets home and her son sitting on the couch there and, um, you know, being a teenage kid, he's got papers all over the place. He left the refrigerator door open. He left milk out. He left the bread untied. So she attacks him. What is wrong with you? I tell you every single day to pick up the papers on the floor. I tell you every day to shut the refrigerator, put the things back in there, pick up after yourself. What is your problem? You can't do anything. Gosh darn it. So what's the teenage do? He gets up and there's the dog. He goes over and just kicks the dog. Why? I don't know. Because he was frustrated and he mumbles as he walks away. So my point of the story is everything trickles down. So you make an impact. If you're having a bad day, you know what? The people you come in contact with, 
if you don't watch yourself, if you don't handle, if you don't think of how to uh, brace that, uh, uh, your feelings, your emotions, boy, you're going to make them have a bad day and the trickle effect. So the end all be all the story is what, how Zig Ziglar tells it. He said it would have been much better off if the executive manager just would have went to that kid's house and kicked the dog for him. <laughs> instead of ruining everybody else's life because the poor dog's just laying there and it's the one that gets kicked. But you kind of see how it trickles down, trickles down, trickles down, trickles down. So I've heard that story several different times and I always thought every time I hear it, I'm like, ah, it's, that's pretty good. So you know what? You could save people a lot of pain and agony if you just, you know, eliminated everybody in the middle and just went to their house and kicked their dog. There you go. Boom. Problem solved. Not for the dog, it's not solved, but for everybody in the middle, I guess it's solved. So anyway, that's a little story, and uh, it, it, it happens that way. And I'm a human being, too. I have emotions, but I'm telling you, I've done everything I possibly can in the last five years of trying to self-educate, read, read. Yeah, I didn't think I could read five years ago, but here I am reading as, as often as I possibly can. I've read over 100 books in the last five years, listened to thousands upon thousands of hours of audiobooks, podcasts, YouTube videos, inspirational, motivational videos, and attended more conferences. Why? Because I want to plant in my mind the seeds of success, the seeds of growth, the seeds of positivity. And that's what our message is on today, is what you plant is what you're going to get in return. Now think about it. If a farmer, if he plants, or even if you've got your own little garden, if you plant onions and radishes, what do you think you're going to get when it harvests? What do you think? Onions and radishes. Yes, ah, I know. That's rocket science, isn't it? Well, unfortunately, some people in their minds think they can plant negativity by continuously watching garbage on the news, listen to garbage on the radio, continue to input your mind with garbage on social media, and it's just you're inundated with garbage, 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 garbage. Well, garbage in, what do you think you're going to have out? Garbage out, right? So if you plant crap, you're going to get crap. If you plant onions, you're going to get onions. You're not going to get strawberries. You can't hopefully, you know what? I planted the onions. I've watered them. I've given them sunshine. I've done everything I can. I know, I know I'm going to get strawberries. No, you're not. Same thing. You plant garbage in your brain. You're not going to get strawberries or anything else nice, sweet on, on, uh, on the other end of it. So plant strawberries to get strawberries. Plant positivity to get positivity. Now, is it easy no, you know it's not easy. I tell you every single week it's not easy. It's simple as heck for me to stand here and say this on a microphone. You know, it's simple for me to say anything on a microphone. And believe me, I say a lot. I'm all over the place. You know that. Anything, you can, anything simple. It truly is simple to say. However, not easy to do. You have to cultivate it. You have to continue to nurture it. So just because you plant one strawberry seed and then the rest is all onion seeds, yeah, maybe you might get one strawberry. Maybe you plant one positive thought in your mind, but you inundate it with all kinds of other garbage and negativity. Guess what's going to happen? Yeah, the onions are going to take over. But you have to continue to nurture that. Just like a farmer. There's an old story about um, you know a farmer for three years in a row, planted his crop, tended to his crop, watered it, made sure it had proper sunshine, weeded it, made sure all the weeds were out, and he had beautiful crops. Three years in a row, beautiful, beautiful crops. Well, the fourth year comes along, and suddenly he goes through a drought period. No rain. He can't supply enough water. Most of his crops die. Horrible year at the harvest time. He still put in the same amount of work, still put in the same amount of effort. Actually, he probably worked a lot harder because he didn't have the natural rainfall coming down. But at the end of the year, he didn't have the crop he wanted. 
So he's got two choices. He can say, you know what? I'm done with this crap. This is terrible. I, I worked my butt off and I didn't get any kind of return on my investment. I don't know why. You know what? I'm just not doing this anymore. And it, but he had three good years. So that's, the, that's the, the turning point. When you have something, when adversity, when life knocks you down, what do you do? Do you give up because you had one bet setback? Or do you say, you know what? The odds are pretty good that I'm going to have a better year next year. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to put in the time. But there is no guarantees. No guarantees on everything. So the next harvest year or next uh, year, he plants a seed. He cultivates it, does everything he has to do. Make sure it's got plenty of water, plenty of sunshine, and make sure all the weeds are out. And what's he going to get? He doesn't know. Well, the reason I'm telling you this story is simply because fear is what always holds everybody back. The fear of the unknown. You gotta believe in yourself. You gotta get out there. If you want something better than what you've got right now, you wanna live a better life than what you're living right now. You want something better. If you're not happy with your job, here's something that'll shock you. What do you do 85, 90% of your life? You work. And if you don't like what you're doing, oh my gosh, you're living 85, 90% of your life not enjoying your life. Oh yeah, well that's easy for you to say. All you do is run a karate studio and go on the road and talk and speech and da 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 da. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. I'll give you a big right hook of reality. I, I, I really, uh, that stuff irks me to no end. Simply because I have chose to make a choice. It wasn't easy for me. I've got a past. I've got a background just like everybody else. I'm telling you this because if I can do it, you can do it. But you got to be willing to take the chance. Or as Rocky says, you got to be willing to take the hits. And you got to be willing to get back up when life does knock you down. So back to the farmer, this year comes, he's done everything he can. Is he going to have a successful harvest? I don't know. We hope, but he may not. And if he doesn't, once again, he's got to make the choice. But one thing is guaranteed and one thing's for sure. If you don't do anything to move forward, if you don't take that first step, you're always going to be in the same spot. And you say, well, the same spot's not bad. Well, here's the thing. That same spot, you stand there long enough, life's going to pass you on by. A week's going to go by, a month's going to go by, a year's going to go by, five years going to go by, ten years going to go by. Before you know it, it's like, holy cow, I'm 60 years old. What, what the heck have I done with my life? What kind of legacy, what kind of memory am I going to leave behind? And that'll kind of key into my second point here is when you leave this earth, what kind of memories are you going to leave behind? Is, even, is anybody even going to know that you were even here? What have you done to inspire others, to motivate others, to live a full life? But back to the farmer. I know I keep circling back around to that thing. One thing's for sure, if he's persistent enough and he keeps doing what he's doing, sooner or later it's going to work itself out. He had three good years, maybe he had two bad years, but he knows the good years are coming again. Things will balance himself out. So as long as he continues to work hard, as long as he continues to harvest the crop, as long as he continues to nurture what he's got there, it's going to happen. I say that because if you've had 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of negativity ingrained, built up in your brain, of onion seed, <laughs> and you want to change that to some strawberries. And I'm not knocking onions. If you love onions, that's great. But I'm thinking of the difference between onions and strawberries. There's a little bit of a difference there. And if you don't believe me, do a little taste test. Close your eyes and have somebody tell you you're eating strawberries and give you an onion. Wow, that'll be a wake-up, won't it? So anyway, what you cultivate, what you focus on, is going to not only magnify, but it's going to produce what you talk about, what you think about. So with the onions, if you've been planting those for 20 years, it may take a little bit to clean that field. It may take a little bit to get down to the foundation. But you know what? If you've got a goal, you've got a belief, you want something better, start planting those strawberries today. 
And don't just plant one seed. Plant enough. So if you think about it this, you plant 100 seeds and 90 of them go bye-bye, well, at least you still got 10. There's something left. If you plant one and your one goes bye-bye, you got nothing left. So overplant. And that is listen to positive podcasts like the Kickin' Life Show here, sharing this with others, talking to others. And you know what? Just believe it in yourself. When you wake up, if it's rainy and gloomy outside, you can say, oh, gosh, it's going to be one of those days. And guess what you're going to have? One of those days where you can say, you know what? I'm going to feed my mind with something positive. I'm going to turn on the Kickin' Life Show. I'm going to listen to another podcast that's motivational. I'm going to listen to Tony Robbins. I'm going to turn on a YouTube video. I'm going to put some positive energy in my mind. I'm going to plant those strawberry seeds. Man, I'm hungry for strawberries. All this strawberry talk. I'm going to have to go out and get some. <laughs> so anyway, back, that's my point. What you plant is what you're going to get. So back to we talked about what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? Are, when you pass away, is anyone going to know about it? And I say that if you think about when Mother Teresa passed away, you think the world didn't realize Mother Teresa was gone? Holy cow. Why? What did she do? She lived a life. She left a legacy. She did everything she could to help out others to live their best possible life. She gave to others, and she made a mark. Yeah, Nelson Mandela, when he passed away, or yeah, he's still alive, but when he uh, uh, was released from prison, the world knew about it. And the way he, with his attitude and his positivity, my gosh. So he's making his mark. And when he finally passes away, boy, people are going to know about it. When Princess Diana passed away, it's been, what, my gosh, probably 20 years ago now, everybody knew about it because they left a mark. They meant something. And everybody has that possibility. It's, it's about you, what you decide to do, what you decide to put in your mind, the kind of impact you have on others. You know, and it starts with a simple smile. You smile at somebody, you wave at somebody. And I'm like you. If I wave at somebody and they don't wave back, you think, oh, what a jerk. Why don't you freaking wave back? You know what? Am I waving to get that wave back? And if they don't wave back, I'm now ticked off? Or am I waving just to be a nice person? So I like when you let somebody out in traffic, you know, traffic's going along slow. There's a line of 20 cars behind you. You're chucking along five miles an hour and stopping. And here's somebody with their blinker on wanting to get in. So what do you do? You know what? I'm going to let this person in. You let them in, and you're waiting for that wave, aren't you? Got to wave. Come on. You got to wave. And they don't wave. You're like, well, bah, fine. I'll never let another person out again. That big freaking jerk. What are they doing here? I took time. I let them in. Well, you have to ask yourself, were you letting them in because it's the right thing to do and to be a nice person? Or were you letting them in because you needed that wave to say thank you? Now, I'm saying this because that's the instant thought that goes through my head. I let somebody out. I'm like, Okay, fine. You know, it's better than that. The bad thing that happens is you move along a little bit further and here's somebody else waiting to get in. What do you think? Well, I'm not letting that person in. That last person didn't wave to me. So the heck with this person. Really? Come on. You know, and it could have been a situation. Maybe that person was just so focused on getting out and not crashing and having a wreck that they forgot. Or it could be a situation where they're just a total jerk. Whatever. But don't let them affect you. You know what I found? And this is how, I mean... Uh, the majority of the time, I'll let somebody out. I will initiate the wave. So I'll not, you know, flash my lights or whatever, and then I'll wave, and 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 I'll wave like, like I know the person. I'm like, hey! And what happens? They automatically wave back. I don't think I've had a person in the last couple of years pull out that hasn't waved back, simply because <laughs> I'm forcing the issue with the wave, and I'm waving like I know them. Hey! Good stuff. And like, Who the heck is that guy? That's okay. 
I got my wave. So if that's what I truly wanted, it made me feel good. And it's kind of funny too. And you know, you wave somebody like you know them, and even if you don't, but they wave and smile back. You know what? Maybe for that brief moment, I've made their day. Maybe I've made them happy. But it's just a different way of looking at it. And of course, you know, unfortunately, a lot of us, <laughs> we uh, when somebody doesn't wave, we wave back with one finger. So uh, I guess if that makes you feel better, go ahead. And I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I've never done that because that would be a lie. But uh, at least I don't think I have in the last five years or so trying to change that mindset. Anyway, what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? Is anybody going to know that you've left this world when, when you go and pass on? Because what have you done to help out others? That's what it is. And you know, um, hopefully you know this by now, the Zig Ziglar quote, my absolute favorite one is, how do you get everything you want in life? By helping enough other people get what they want. There you go. Simple as that. Is it easy? No, nothing's easy. But it's simple. And I tell you what, you keep pounding your mind with positivity, you're going to have more positive in return. That law of attraction, the reticular activating system, it's a beautiful thing. It truly is. It brings into focus what you focus on. And I guess a follow-up to that is, what a person does for themselves, you know, that's what they take with them. What they do for themselves, what they have is what they take with them. However, what they do for others is what they leave behind. Yeah, I just, I've heard that. I don't know when I heard that, but today it just popped in my head on my morning run. And you're exactly right. It's kind of like the, the old saying, he who dies with the most toys still dies. It doesn't matter. But what you do, what you leave behind that's what matters. You know, there was an old saying, um, ah, goodness gracious, I think it might have been Zig Ziglar that said it too. You know, I like my Zig Ziglar. And his, his was uh, when uh, John D. Rockefeller died, somebody said, man, how much of that money did he take with him? None. <laughs> he, he still died, you know. So it, it's gone. What you do with it now, know toward the end of his life there, he and uh, Andrew Carnegie were having a little battle at first, the early stage of their life, a battle who could make the most money, who could be the biggest titan at the end of their life. Now they're going to see how much they can get rid of and what they can do. And, of course, uh, you know Carnegie Hall and Carnegie Libraries, and they just went on a, another little mission late in their life on how much they could give away, which, you know, it's – and some people like them, some people don't like them. You know, they, there's good and bad about both of them. I'll let you do the history and the research on them. But toward the end of their life, that's probably what they're going to remember for most is what they gave away, what they did. And obviously, Carnegie Hall, boy, that's been around forever, and it's probably going to be around for many more generations And the Carnegie Library and everything else they've done to establish that. And that's my point. You know, you and it gets back to the very beginning of it. What you sow, you know, what you plant is what you're going to reap or what you're going to harvest. That's what's going to be left around after you're past and gone. And people are going to remember not only your name, but remember that you made an impact on them. And that's kind of the, you know, the whole mission of life, right? Isn't it? What you can do for others. Now, I say that, but it all gets back to, and I used to think trying to take care of myself or putting myself first was a bad thing. I know you're probably saying, oh, what the heck? You're just telling me to take care of everybody else. And how do you get what you want in life is by helping enough other people get what they want. That's all true. It truly is. But here's the thing, and this was a right hook reality for me, and my mentor continues to jack me with this one. It is, if you don't take care of yourself, then how are you in any position to take care of anybody else? So you have to take care of yourself. You have to exercise. You have to get enough sleep. You have to eat properly. Now, those are things, you know, the exercise and uh, eat properly are something I used to live by. Well, got wrapped up with the business, and slowly but surely, they started slipping by the wayside. Now, sleep, I'll be 100% honest with you, I was never 
ever good at getting enough sleep. I would ride on three and four hours and then be back at it and think I could go forever. I was like, oh, you know what? Sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Matter of fact, that's <laughs> was one of my favorite Bon Jovi songs, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I even had that as a ringtone for a while. That was the wrong attitude because if my body and my mind isn't fully shut down for at least a few hours, then sooner or later I'm going to run out of go-go. Now, I never thought that was possible. I'm 46. I'll be 47 next week. There you go. And I still got as much energy as anybody. And as a matter of fact, you know, Tony Robbins out there, I'm gunning for you. I think I could uh, – uh, uh, not think, I know. <laughs> I'm going to be on stage with you and we're going to be rocking it out and see who's, who's, who's got more energy. Now, here's the thing. Tony Robbins is like six foot five, six foot six, and I'm about five seven, maybe five eight. So I may have to stand on a chair, but that's all right. I may have to chop him down to size. That's another side note. That's for another time. But anyway, my whole thing is you've got to take care of yourself. It means you've got to eat properly, you've got to exercise properly, you've got to get enough sleep, and you've got to have enough mental shutdown time. I thought I could do it all, and I'll tell you, my nutrition started slipping before you know it. The gym, exercising started slipping because, you know, you're working 20 hours a day on the business, and yeah, you're doing everything you can to make the business grow, you're doing everything you can to help out others, but slowly but surely, the foundational setting that I was on began to crack. And I knew I needed something different here. My mentor said, look, man, you've been burning the flame at both ends for the longest time. He says, now you've decided to go ahead and light a fire in the middle. And that wasn't good enough. You've lit a fire in between those fires. He said, you were going to burn out. It's like, oh, no, no, I can keep doing this. I can keep doing this. I don't need sleep. I've done this for 20 years. I, I've never slept more than five hours a night. I can keep going, keep going. Well, the reality is, and that was probably one of uh, – I don't know, it's not that I ever like to listen to people, but I always kind of be in that, uh, you know, the entrepreneur mindset. Somebody tells me I can't do it. Well, what am I going to freaking do? <laughs> I'm going to prove them wrong. Oh, yeah? Let me show you. And obviously that's led to many injuries and many concussions and <laughs> many hospital visits and everything else. So I wasn't the smartest uh, back then. I'm not saying I'm much smarter now because I'm still too aggressive. Uh, but I am doing a better job of self-educating, and I've reached out to different mentors, and I'm doing a better job of listening to them uh, for somewhat. Now, I'm doing much, much better, and that's why I want to pass these things on to you because you're aggressive like that. Know that you've got to have that shutdown time, and the more research I do on the mind, the brain, the subconscious mind, the reticular activating system, and uh, just being an energetic, hyperactive person, the brain needs some shutdown time. The body needs some shutdown time. But what the body truly needs is proper fuel, proper nutrition, and it also needs daily exercise. It has to have it. And I tell you, I, 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 it was, before you know it, a week turns into a month, a month turns into a year, a year turns into two, three, four, five years, and you're like, how in the world did I get to where I'm at now? And, you know, I'm not in horrible shape. I'm actually, you know, I'll pat myself on the back, pretty good shape, but I'm not in the shape that I used to be in. So what have I been doing? And I'm sharing this secret with you because it starts with that first actionable step. You got to take the first actionable step and, it, and take a baby step. You take too big a step too much too soon, you're going to burn out. Well, I got up and set that alarm and one, I didn't hit the snooze button. And I, I love that snooze button. I really do. Hit the, oh, you know what, just five more minutes. And before you know it, I've hit the snooze button five times. Holy cow. And by that time, it's like, oh, I just shut it off. I'm not getting up. Yep, I'm guilty. I've done that I don't know how many different times. And I used to feel okay with the excuse of, well, I've only had three hours of sleep. So, you know, uh, there's a big difference between three hours and four hours. So let me just have one more hour. Well, I started believing that excuse. I started being okay with that excuse. And before you know it, it became an habitual habit. You know, just every single time. 
you know, and then the time ticks on by. So what do I do now is try not to hit that snooze button. I'm guilty of it. I still do from time to time, but I get my butt up. Just like this morning, it was a little rainy today, a little bit of gloomy to start the day off, but it's like, I'm getting up, I'm doing this. And I got up and been doing this for right at three, almost four weeks now. And I've only missed a couple days. I'm ashamed that I did, but you know what? I'm not going to beat myself up too badly on those. I used to. Oh, man, can't believe. Gosh darn it. Here you are telling people, and you're not even doing it yourself. Yes, <laughs> I would do that, but I, I, we'd get nowhere. Yeah, it was the motivation sometimes I needed, but I would continuously pump the negativity in my mind of why I didn't succeed as opposed to, hey, you know what? Good job. Let's build on that success. Let's build on that success. So I got up. I'd just walk a little bit and come back, knock out 15, 20 push-ups, 5 to 10 sit-ups, and continue to build on that. So this morning, I get up, a little walk, and then I go for my, my, my run. And it started off just kind of a small walk to a jog to a run, and it's about three miles now, and I don't run the whole thing. I'll, I'll walk, power walk or fast walk or whatever you call it there, power pacing, and then get my jog going, but getting that heart rate up. Then I get it back home and I stretch for 10 minutes and then I got my push-ups. 100 push-ups a day, 50 sit-ups a day. Now, think about that. In a week's time, that's 700 push-ups. I know, unbelievable, right? And how many sit-ups is that? What's that, 350, right? Yeah, and you add that to a month? Yeah, 2,800 push-ups. Boom, 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 by little bitty steps. Now, I started off just small, like sit 5, 10, and then do a couple sets of 10. Well, today I did uh, 50 decline push-ups, 50 incline push-ups, and then I did uh, uh, 50 of sit-up punches where you sit up and you throw a jab cross. I built up to that. And I used to be able to do that in my sleep. It wasn't a problem, but it had been years, and the years ticked on by. And we still felt pretty good about those things, but it's just a conscious effort to continue doing it day in and day out. And, you know, people always say, and I've mentioned this before, man, you got to pay the price for success. You got to pay the price for help. You got to pay the price. You got to pay the price. You got to pay the price. Well, no one wants to pay the price. No one likes to pay anything. So here's the thing, a little twist on that. Yes, there are day I don't want to get up and do it. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like it. Well, you're never going to feel like it. But think of it this way. Don't think of it as you're paying the price. Think of it as you're, you're living a better life. And if you don't do it, you're going to pay the price for failure because as the years go on by, that's when you're going to pay the big price tag. So think about paying a small little investment today, small little something today to reap the rewards, the return on investment, the benefits later. And if you don't, sooner or later, you're going to pay the price. And the longer you go, the bigger that price tag is going to be because your health's going to go to crap. <laughs> you're not going to feel good. You're going to have to go to the doctor more often. You're going to have to get more medication. And then, of course, if you're not feeling good, you're not living the best of your abilities, you're not living the best life, and then you're not as productive as work, you're crankier with your wife and kids. You see what I'm saying? That's the price you're going to end up paying. That is a hefty, hefty price. Now, I'm telling you that because I've been on both sides. I allowed the business to totally engulf me. I mean, it, it really did. And you got to, if you want to be successful, you got to step outside that comfort zone. I was so far outside that comfort zone, I didn't know how to get myself back. So maybe, <laughs> I don't want to say the Tony Robbins thing is, you know, you burn the ships. And that's fine. You're going to burn the ships. You're going to fight or you're going to die. But I'm telling you from experience there, don't get so far out there that you lose touch of what's really important. And to me, I kind of lost touch of my family, my wife, kids as I was pursuing. You know what? I ain't got time right now, buddy. I'm so sorry. In a minute, buddy. In a minute, buddy. That was the thing I used to say to Austin all the time. And in a minute, buddy, Austin's now 17 years old. 
I was looking at pictures just last night of when he was four and five years old. And almost every picture, I'm carrying him around, I'm throwing him in the pool. And, you know, it's a picture of holding him and Madeline. And now he's 17. And I'll tell you what, it really hit me. It was a right hook of reality. Because I got Emmett now, who's eight years old. And I think, holy cow, you know, I've, I've really tried to do a better job, but I'll be honest, it's not as good as I should have done. So I tried this morning, got up, did my morning exercise. Yeah, I got uh, Emmett came downstairs. So we went outside and we played in the pool for a good hour this morning. Now, I thought, oh, boy, oh boy, you know, I've got to prepare for the podcast. I've got a ton of work to do today. I got to take my wife's car to get tires put on it. You know, I've got all the problems like everybody else. But I said, you know what? I sent producer John a text and say, hey, how about if I start the show a half an hour late here? And he was cool with it, which I'm very grateful for. But I'm telling you, I'd lost, lost sight of what was important. And those things happen. You want to do your best. You want to become your best. You want to excel. But I tell you, have a rope to pull you back when you feel like you've gotten too far out there. And I know that's a little deep. That's a little, little different than the, you know, get back up when life knocks you down and, you know, keep fighting and keep battling. I believe in all that. I truly do. But in the process of that, don't lose focus on what's important because you'll never get that time back. So, a little different message there. I'm not even sure why I went off on that path, but I'm kind of glad I did. Just wanted to share that with you. So we're going to wrap things up a little bit early today. Um, I want to recircle back around to how we started the podcast, and that's all about what you plant, what you sow, is what you're going to harvest or what you're going to reap, if you like that term better. I like the harvest better because um, harvest is, man, that's what you're getting. Oh, this bountiful harvest because I've put in the work. I've done everything I can, and yes, I'm rewarded. I've won. But it's not always going to happen. It's not always going to be that easy. Matter of fact, it's never going to be that easy. I want you to know that because you're going to be met with adversity. You're going to be met with challenges. You know, when I first started talking about doing a podcast, you know how many people laughed? <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah, okay. Whatever you think you are. Kicking life guru. <laughs> whatever. You know what? I could have listened to them, but I chose not to. I chose not to. I chose to believe in myself. And I was nervous about it. I was scared about it, just like anything new. But you've heard me mention this many, many, many times before. Just like there's no, I'm stuck on strawberries. I, I got to go out and get a strawberry. <laughs> I'm going to have strawberry. Uh, and I'm going to put some whipped cream on it. Just letting you know that right off the bat. Yes, I, I don't say I've earned that, but I enjoy that. But there's no two strawberries that are alike. There's not. Even though they come from the same seed, there's no two strawberries alike. Just like there's no two people alike. You were born with a gift. You were born with a God-given talent that nobody in this world has but you. Use that talent. Use that gift. And don't, block, don't, don't, don't listen to the others. Block out that negativity. It's, uh, I had a talk just last night with one of our instructors, and we were talking about the vision of the academy, the vision of the business, and where we're going with this thing. And for the longest time, I would try and share that vision with as many people as possible. Now, I still do. I Plant that out. Here's our vision. Here's our mission to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live by inspiring kids and adults to believe in themselves and respect others. And what do we do at the academy? We develop courageous and confident leaders that stand out in a crowd, stand up to bullying to live their best possible life. That's what we do. That's how we do it. That's why we do it. And who are we? We're an academy of life changers. So I'm pushing that, pushing that, pushing that, simply because that's the vision. Now, here's the point I was getting at. Nobody can see your vision, but you. Why? Because it's not their vision. Now, I had been told that, I don't know, maybe not in those exact terms, but I was like, man, can't you see what I'm working for? Can't you see what I'm striving for? Can't you see what I'm trying to do here? Like, no, nobody could see it. And regardless how hard I tried to pound it in their head there, 
they can't see what's not theirs. Just like I couldn't see their vision, whatever that may be. And maybe their vision is just sitting around on the couch <laughs> watching sitcoms all day. I don't know. But you don't get discouraged because somebody else can't see your vision. Because I'm telling you, I did. I got discouraged all the time when others couldn't see it. I'm like, gosh, why can't you see what I'm trying to do here? It's not their vision. And they're never going to see it. But you see it. You need to believe in it. And you need to take the actionable steps to make it happen. But I want to be the voice of reason and tell you, it's not easy. The world's going to knock you down. It's going to beat you down. It's going to make you earn it. But if you continue to get back up, if you continue to work on that crop, so to speak, if you continue to water it, to nurture it, you continue to believe in that vision, you continue to take active, progressive steps, one step at a time, at a time, at a time toward that and not give up hope and not give up faith, gosh darn it, you're going to reap the harvest, the bountiful harvest. But you're going to pay the, well, I almost said it, you're going to pay the price for it. No. And I used to, well, I still sometimes slip up and say, you're going to pay the price for it. I'm, I'm trying to recondition my mind to thinking, no, you're not going to pay the price for success. You pay the price in big, massive quantities for failure. You pay the price for not living your life. You reap the benefits, the rewards, the harvest for putting in the time early, for making that small day-to-day investment. And that investment starts with you. So quit pushing that snooze button. Get your tail up a little bit earlier. Listen to positive motivational things like the Kickin' Life podcast and other motivational things on YouTube. And I fill them a daily, a daily blog. It's a video blog, and I call it the Daily Right Hook of Reality. Boom! The Right Hook of Reality hitting you with something. Uh, yesterday's Right Hook of Reality was play to win. Don't play not to lose. Play to win. Every day, well, I just got to get through the day. Let's well, play not to lose. You're just hoping to get through the freaking day. Play to win. I'm going to get the most out of this day. There you go. Simple for me to say. Not easy to do, but I believe in you. I know you can do it. Hang on to that vision. Plant those crops. Tend to those crops. Nurture those crops. And know if you're planting onions, you're getting onions. If you're planting strawberries, you're going to get strawberries. There we go. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen. I mean, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I, I, I love doing this. I really, really do this. I can't wait for Fridays to get here. I try to enjoy every day, but that's an opportunity for me to reach out to you and share my heart, my message with you. So please, if you like what you heard there, and hopefully you did, listen to it a couple times. Tell friends about it. Subscribe to the podcast. You can find us at lineupmedia.fm, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. But do yourself a favor. Listen to it more than once. Share with others and help spread that message, that word, to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. All right, Kicking Lifers. Thank you once again, and until we talk again, you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week, another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.